You are listening to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where we're having conversations with regular people doing outstanding and legacy changing things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. If you're looking for the blueprint to help you make less mistakes on your journey to freedom and ultimate purpose, then this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Dr. K. Dr. K. I'm lucky to be here today with Jordan Berry. Um, laundromat Resources is the name of the company, but he is the king of laundromats. I'm going to give him that title simply because he's the only person I know, not only in the laundromat industry, but willing to teach and show others uh, how to do what it is he's doing. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, thank you. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Appreciate that. Uh, unofficial title. <laughs> Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Uh, lighting looks good. I like the blue behind you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. You know, spicing it up. My my kid also has a little uh, YouTube channel, gaming YouTube channel. So it doubles for both of us. Also, what type of games? Uh, Minecraft and Roblox, of course. Okay. Yeah, my son's yeah. into the same thing. Uh, my youngest son is 12. So he's kind of into yeah, that. He's 11. The, yeah. the same games. Yeah. Yeah. It's either that or like Fortnite or something, but it's it's all day gaming. That's right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, laundromats. And what got you into uh, the laundromat industry? And the reason I'm so curious is because I, I grew up lower income and we didn't have, you know, washer and dryer in the house. We had to use laundromats. So one, I know it's a, a good service, but I never thought of it as a business. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of interesting, right? In, in the laundromat industry, I it doesn't really have a great reputation. Uh, I mean, you, you've been to laundromats and... Most people, when they think of laundromats, think of dark, dirty, yeah. uh, you know, homeless people, uh, you know, just not not where you want to be spending your time. It's where you have to go, not where you, you know, necessarily want to go. Uh, but, uh, you know, going back to how I got in the business, it's I, it's really it's kind of a funny story. So I was a pastor for about 15 years and then okay. uh, was ready to just kind of get a break from that. I had young kids and I was doing traveling and, you know, just a lot of demands on my time and attention. And I was ready to just kind of step back from that full time. Uh, and so trying to figure out what to do uh, after that. And uh, you had a little bit of money in the bank. And I thought I had this great idea. And my idea was, <laughs> you know, let's rent out our house. I'm here in Southern California. Let's rent out okay. our house in Southern California. And let's head to Hawaii. We'll take the little bit of money that we have saved up and we'll go buy like a house in Hawaii, somewhere close to the beach. We'll go live in Hawaii till our kids are school aged. And if we want to, we can come back. And my wife said, or we could buy a laundromat. And so we bought a laundromat instead of moving to Hawaii. Uh, so and- your wife, your wife had the entrepreneurial spirit or did you have it as well? But she came up with that idea. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's really fun. So I had never considered business. I had never, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I love doing what I was doing, uh, and never even thought of going that route. 
Um, and, and my wife, either my wife's a, a special ed teacher. Um, but I mean, the thought behind it was, Hey, let's go put our money into something that's going to make us money without requiring all of our time. That, that was the idea behind it. Um, it did not work out that way, uh, for us okay. and, uh, made a lot of mistakes. I mean, we can talk about that if you want to, but made a lot of mistakes. I spent a lot of, uh, days and nights at that laundromat dreaming about being on the beach in Hawaii. And, uh, <laughs> instead, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning up after homeless people in, in the laundromat. So <laughs> what, what, uh, what, yeah. um, gave your wife that idea? Did y'all have some insight into a laundromat? Did you have a friend or something like what brought you to yeah. laundromat services? Yeah. So, uh, so her family's, they had a family friend who, mm. uh, her, her parents, friend's son uh, was up in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area and was uh, in the tech industry. And he bought a laundromat. And, uh, you know, Allison just kind of heard my wife, Allison, just kind of heard rumors about this laundromat. And he ended up quitting his tech job, uh, you know, because the laundromat was doing so well. And I think he ended up buying another one. Okay. Um, and so she's like, well, yeah, that sounds really, really great. Let's go do that. And, uh, yeah, it, so that, I mean, that's where the idea came from. And, you know, the, again, the, the whole thing behind it was, you know, let's bring in some money. We have young yeah. kids, but let's bring in some money, but not just require all our time, you know, and that's what we were trying to escape from, from getting out of the ministry side of things, uh, for a little while. But like I mentioned, it, it didn't go that way for us. Were, were you pastoring your own church or were you like an, an associate pastor? How what was your role? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I did youth ministry for a long time. And then, uh, yeah. And then I was associate and college pastor and yeah, all that stuff. So yeah, not my own church though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I wore a shirt today. It's, uh, I love my church. You, you, nice. this, uh, contrary to popular belief, I don't wear white every day. It's kind of a, <laughs> kind of a uniform for the podcast, but yeah. <laughs> But That's yeah, awesome. um, yeah. So I, I like to do a lot of youth ministry and stuff too. I'm not a pastor, but you know, I like to to serve in any way I can. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And you know, I mean, I think you know the people who are who are volunteering in children's ministry, youth ministry, those kinds of things. I mean, those those are the people who become their pastors, right? I mean, okay. you're the ones, yeah. you know, spending the time with them, investing in them, and that's what's important, I think. Yeah. So a, as a pastor. I don't really see that as being something too time consuming, but you said it took you away a lot. Were you doing a lot of uh, travel evangelist work? I mean, what what was taking your time up? Yeah. I mean, okay. So I, I, I see where you might get that uh, impression. I, I mean, but I was at, I was at a couple bigger churches. Okay. Uh, and so, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of demands on your time, not just with uh, kind of regular work activities, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I mean, you're dealing with people who have real needs and a lot of times, you know, people are coming to you when they're at the end of their rope, like they don't know where else to go a lot of times. Right. And so you're dealing with real issues uh, that not only are, are, I don't mean this in like a bad way, but time consuming. I mean, it just takes a lot of time to oh, sort yeah. through people's mm -hmm. issues with them and that kind of thing. But it's also just super emotionally draining. Um and so, you know, I, you know, I would invest a lot of time and energy into other people and, 
and not have as much as I would want uh, at home. So, yeah. And, and I did do some traveling. I've kind of been all over doing yeah. missions work and stuff like that, too. So your your wife is a school teacher, but she mm-hmm. specializes in helping uh, children with special needs. Correct. Yeah. And so I, I see a little bit of um, a, a giving side, not only from yourself, but from your wife and, you know, helping people. And like you said, even her as a school teacher, that can be very draining. Yeah, y'all, absolutely. Y'all, y'all did that uh, starting the laundry service to kind of get away and create some time. But do you see a link between, you know, how you and your wife have a giving nature and caring for people transitioning into the laundromat service? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things I love about the laundromat business is that it's a, it's a very community centered business, right? It's actually, I would say it's one of the few places aside from maybe churches or, you know, I don't know too many other places where the community kind of gathers, you know, in certain communities, not every community, but uh, certain communities where they, they kind of gather together. You're running into your neighbors at the laundromat uh, a lot of times. So yeah, for sure. I love that side of things. And, you know, where we are, we're in LA, you know, LA has got a massive uh, homeless problem uh, and, and, a, and a big drug issue. Uh, and so that intersects with laundromats. Um, also, so there's also that side of it uh, at the same time. Yeah. So when you got, when you got started with the laundromats, what were the pitfalls? Yeah. So, you know, when I bought my first laundromat, it was, uh, I, I really didn't know a whole lot. I talked to my wife's family friend, uh, mm-hmm. and I talked with the broker that I was working with trying to help me find a laundromat. And that was pretty much it. I didn't really know. And in fact, there really wasn't that many resources out there uh, for people in the industry. Um, And I, so I, I basically, I relied on that broker who was selling me the business to help me get going. And the broker is, was, it was not, the best, uh, character, I guess. Uh, and just, you know, told me some outright lies that I had well, no it, idea. He's, he's got an objective, objective, yeah. right? Like his, his goal is to make a sale and yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, I later came to find out, uh, after I'd already been punched in the gut by buying this laundromat that I thought was going to be making, you know, a few thousand bucks a month and was really losing one and a half, two thousand dollars a month for like a year and a half, uh, and and I come to find out that this particular broker uh, is kind of their mo and it's kind of what they do, uh, and so you know it it is what it is, and it, you know I I so you know specifically some of the pitfalls uh, yeah. that I did was like I I didn't really do any due diligence at all. Uh, to verify the business. I mean, the broker told me, Hey, look, we're going to come in and, and change things around and stuff. So it doesn't even make sense to do any due diligence because everything's going to be different. And I was like, Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it is what it is. And then he told me kind of pine the sky numbers and I had no frame of reference to know whether he was telling me the truth or not. Um, and so, you know, I just, took his word for it. And, uh, you know, it, 
and, and, you know, he was selling, selling the dream, right? The laundromat dream, uh, is, Hey, it's a passive business. All you got to do is come collect quarters once or twice a week. Uh, and that just turned out not to be the case, uh, especially okay. where my laundromats are. I mean, they're yeah. in rougher neighborhoods they're in South central LA and right on the border of East LA and they're just rougher neighborhoods. And so there was issues all the time and there's, you know, vandalism going on and people trying to camp out in the laundromat and, you know, you want to create a, a nice, clean, safe place for people to come do laundry. And right. that, that took a lot of work, uh, a lot more. Yeah, work if, than, if, if it's not clean and safe, then it's going to deter other clients from either even coming there to, to, you know, use your services or do their laundry. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, like the, the most common customer is like a mom, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe with or without kids, you know, you either got a, a, a single woman going there or you got a woman with her kids going there by and large. And, you know, you don't want the place to be filthy. You don't want homeless people hanging out. You don't want people feeling unsafe. Uh, and so, you know, it took a lot of work to, to get it like that. Uh, and in the meantime, I was losing money every single month. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of questions because the industry in itself is so new to me, but how do you lose money? Because I was under the impression it's very passive. Like you were saying, I kind of think of it like um, the vending machine industry, right? You stock yeah. it, you sit back and you wait for the quarters to fill up. Yeah. So what's the yeah. work behind it that you didn't know until you got into it? Yeah. Well, you know, number one, I mean, one of the, one of the, one of the downsides, I guess, of laundromats is that they are capital intensive, both to get in and to run them. Okay. Uh, right. I mean, you got rent to pay, you got your utility bills are, you know, out of the world, out of this world, you know, they're, they're super high usually because there's a lot of water going through that place and a lot of power and gas that, you know, uh, are, running the machines, the dryers, the hot water heaters, all that stuff. Right. So, you know, and labor obviously is super expensive too. Uh, and so you got a lot of expenses, um, to pay. And then, you know, when you, when I came in and I, I bought all new machines, uh, you know, then you have loan payments for the machines on top of all that. And, you know, if you don't have a big enough customer base, uh, to support that, then you're going to be losing money. And one of the things I realized was it was much easier to rehab the actual laundromat, like put new machines in, paint the walls, do new flooring, all that stuff, than it was to rehab the reputation of the laundromat. And that's uh, what was uh, proved to be very difficult because people saw it as this dark, dirty cockroach infested place where homeless people hung out and it just wasn't safe. Right. And so just putting new machines in, you know, it's not an, if you build it, you know, they will come scenario. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, you gotta do some marketing, but nobody told me that I didn't know any of that. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I, I wasn't able to build the customer base big enough, quick enough to not lose money. So I, I caught that you said, you know, one of your laundromats. So I take it that things turned around for you and you have more than one now. Is that correct? Uh, yes, but not in that order. <laughs> uh, things were still, okay. things were still, uh, going rough. I mean, they were trending in the right direction, but they, uh-huh. I was not making money. 
Um, and another broker that I had met along the way brought me another deal. Uh, it was a seller financed deal with property here in LA. Oh, okay. And, uh, so I jumped at that opportunity and I kind of saw it as, you know, I had, I had two routes to go, right? One route I could say, Hey, you know what? This didn't work. I tried something and I failed. I'm not making money. No harm in that, like no shame in that, but time to cut my losses and go find something else. Right. Yeah. Or I could say, Hey, you know what? I paid a lot of money to learn some very expensive lessons here. Maybe I should put them to use and go buy a second laundromat. And so I ended okay. up going that route, which also did not go that great, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, some of the same mistakes over here. Some of the same mistakes uh, for the second one or a different no. case? No, no. I was like, okay, look, I've learned every mistake that there is. Like I've, I've done them all with this first one, right? Yeah. So I'm going to make sure that I do not repeat those mistakes. And I didn't. However, uh, the, the transaction was a little bit complicated on the seller side. They had like a divorce going on and stuff like that. So like paperwork was taking a long time. So the, the transaction took a long time. And what I didn't realize, and this was a new mistake. I hadn't made every mistake. There was Turns out there was plenty more mistakes. Plenty more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, one of those that I didn't realize was uh, there was a brand new larger laundromat coming in, uh, oh, being yeah. built down the street. And, you know, the, the broker knew about it. The seller knew about it, but I didn't know about it. And so uh, anyways, it basically opened almost almost to the day of when. I took over that laundromat. So that was like an immediate, like 30 to 40% hit to the income of that laundromat. Yeah, because it split the customer base right away. Yeah. And so how do you find out about something like that? Because you can do market research, but Mm -hmm. if the location is coming soon or isn't open yet, how do you even find out that it's coming? How do you prevent that from happening? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And that's a question I like sat dazed in, you know, my office wondering, uh, how would I even known that? So here's what I tell consulting clients now is two things you need to do. Number one, traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Is You need to go to like the city or county planning committee and go see if any permits have been pulled, uh, you know, for new laundromat build. Um, and usually that's going to look like some sort of plumbing, uh, maybe some electrical stuff. Uh, but the plumbing is the big one. You know, you need a big water line to come in to feed all those machines. So, um, so that, and then number two is I always say, Hey, you know, get out your Google map app or your Apple map app or your Thomas guide or whatever, and drive up and down every single street within at least a mile. I mean, if you're in like a more urban area, if you're out further, you might need to go further, but go drive okay. up and down uh, every street in any 
kind of retail location where there's construction going, uh, you know, go poke your head in yeah, and see it if it's going to be a laundromat. Um, and, and check older laundromats too, and look for any signs of that they might be adding retooling, right. Adding new machines. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good tip. Um, I didn't think about checking for the permits, but along those same lines, you might be able to look for, uh, you know, business license registrations or something like that too, to just kind of help mm -hmm. you find out, okay, who's coming in the area. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So, so all right. The big mistake. So, <laughs> all right. Do you, do you think you figured them all out yet? <laughs> all uh, well, you know, what's, you know, what's funny is that, so now, so, you know, I'm just going to skip ahead just for a second. We can come back okay. if we need to, but yeah. so, you know, I learned all these mistakes and then I started to find out all these people in this industry have made similar mistakes. Right. And a lot of other people have struggled getting into the business and have struggled finding, you know, resources and information on how to get in this business the right way to cash business. So mm -hmm. it could be difficult to pinpoint, you know, how well the business is doing before you buy it. Um, and so, uh, and so I was like, you know what, I I've learned all these expensive lessons. Let me just put them out there so that, you know, nobody else has to learn the lessons the way that I learned them. They can just learn yeah. them from me. Right. And so I started a little blog and then I started a YouTube and then I started a podcast and those have grown like crazy. But, uh, you know, over the, you know, over the last couple of years, I've done a ton of, you know, consulting uh, yeah. calls. I did like a year and a half of free consulting calls, uh, just to try to help people as much as I could until like, wow, the, the demand was too much. I, I couldn't yeah. do all the free calls anymore. Um, but, but all that to say, to answer your question is I've seen thousands of deals now, thousands, and I've talked to hundreds of laundromat owners and, uh, no, I have not seen all of the mistakes yet. Cause I continue <laughs> to see new Something ones. I different. mean, there's a lot of themes, but yeah, yeah, there's new things that come up all the time. So what's the goal with laundromats? Um, not necessarily for yourself, but anybody who's starting to looking to get into that industry, how many do you need to scale to before you can actually get to that passive? And I know this probably depends on the area and, and that, but is there a common theme with like, once you get to two, once you get to three, something like that? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the answer to that question is always, the same as every question, right? Depends on what your goals are and, you know, all that. So, uh, you know, you, you can, you can get financial freedom with one. I mean, there are laundromats that are making over six figures net, uh, you know, after all expenses, uh, there's, there's laundromats like that. And so you could get one if you needed to, you know, depends on what you needed to be able to quit your job or, you know, work that, fun part-time job or whatever your goal is, right? Uh, you can do that with one. Um, but then what, you know, part of the beauty of laundromats is one or two, maybe three, and you could only have those and not have a job if you didn't want to. Uh, but you can also build it into a really big business, right? And so okay. I just had uh, a couple of brothers on, on my podcast uh, who own more than 30 laundromats, um, I have a business partner who's got 13 laundromats and, wow. uh, okay. and a big, uh, pickup and delivery business also. 
Um, and then there's people who, you know, I had, I had a guy on my podcast, he lives in, uh, Southern Italy and he owns a laundromat. He owns a couple of little ones in Italy and then he owns one in Florida. Um, you know, mm. and so he uses right. it siding. So there's a lot of different ways that you can arrange this business. And what I always, you know, tell people is, Hey, take a look at your life and, and figure out what do you want your life to look like? What are your goals? And, you know, find out number one, if laundromats can help you achieve whatever those goals are, if it's to leave your nine to five, if it's to retire early, um, you know, I, I genuinely believe laundromats are one of the best ways to be able to build passive cash flow. I mean, I say passive, it's not totally passive. It's less passive yeah. than real estate even. Um, but I mean, the, we're talking like maybe five hours a week, uh, you know, so Hey, if you can leave your nine to five okay. and do five hours a week of, of laundromat stuff, then I'd say it's a pretty good trade off. Right. Um, it so, is. I mean, you know, if you're looking for cash flow, it's hard to beat laundromats. Um, but, uh, you know, you can also build it into a super big business if you want to. And there's lots of people doing that too. So it's pretty diverse, pretty, uh, flexible business, I think. And so that's what you teach is, um, you know, financial freedom through laundromats. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people that I talk to, uh, are either current laundromat owners who want to, you know, get their laundromats performing better so that they can achieve whatever their goal is. If that's financial freedom. If that's, you know, leaving their nine to five, that's just a side passive income to be able to reinvest into something else. A lot of people do that too. So, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to help people do, or I'm trying to help people get into the business, uh, mm. for the first time the right way and not make the mistakes that I made. Uh, cause you know, to be honest with you, it was super painful, super stressful, uh, when I first got in the business. Uh, and I, I don't think anybody needs to experience that, you know, getting in the first time. Yeah. It's good that you're willing to, um, provide people the shortcut and that's, you know, Perfect for this podcast because success leaves clues. It's the, the point is for people to kind of look at the clues and the pitfalls that others have made. So hopefully, you know, shorten their their gap and their distance so they can be successful and not have to necessarily go through those same things. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the goal, really. I mean, you know, and the, that uh, that's honestly, that's why I started the, the podcast. So I the blog that I did was just me spouting off my lessons. Right. And the, the YouTube that I started, started with just me trying to teach the lessons I've learned, which is great. The podcast, though, is an interview. It's long form interview. It blows me away. How many people listen to like an hour and a half long interview about yeah. laundromats, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it just crossed a hundred episodes and people are still listening. So congrats, Jordan. What's it, the name of the yeah. podcast? It's a laundromat resource podcast. Um, but that's, that's interview and the whole goal there. I mean, it's similar vein. What you're trying to do is that whole mm -hmm. success leaves clues. And that's just talking to other owners and saying, Hey, you know, what was your experience like getting in the business and what are you doing now that's working that other laundromats owners can be doing in their laundromats to help them work. And what advice do you have for people trying to get in the business? Um, and so that was the whole thing. And, you know, kind of selfishly. I got to a point where I was like, well, shoot, I want to know what the best people in this business are doing right in this business and how they're running <laughs> yeah, their businesses. Right. So if I start a podcast, I can uh, just ask them and they'll just tell me. Right. And then I can share it with other people. But really, yeah. it's mostly just for me. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, so not only do you have all these different resources to help somebody, you know, kind of bridge that gap, but now they can tap into your podcast and get continuing education, so to speak. Right. And then be plugged in with people who are even your guests that can help them, you know, be uh, as successful as possible with their laundromat business. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the goal of laundromat resource, like I, I debated making that like a personal brand thing. And I went with laundromat resource and made it not a personal brand because it doesn't need to be my voice. Like I'm not the, I'm not the, I'll, honestly, even now today, like I'm not the best laundromat owner out there. I mean, there's a lot of people doing it way better than me. Um, and they have a lot to share. Right. And so hearing from different voices, and like I mentioned too, there's a lot of different ways to do this business. There's a lot of different ways to find success in this business. And so having all these different voices sharing the different ways that they're running their businesses and what works and stuff. I mean, I think it's just been really awesome to hear all that. I really love it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, a, a great resource. How did your wife take it now that y'all are a little bit over those humps of and the learning curve? Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I think she was a little bit scarred. <laughs> she, <laughs> she kind of, so we started off, we bought our first one and you know, we're, we're like co-owners of that one. And she was like, I was like COO and she was like CFO kind of yeah. thing. And then we were losing money and she's like, I can't, it just, it's too stressful for me. I can't, <laughs> be in charge of that. Right. And so I ended up taking over, which is, it's not my skill set at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, keeping things organized and paying the bills and all that stuff. Uh, and so I had my own learning curve to do there. Um, but you know, I, better now, better now that than it was for sure, but she still really doesn't have a whole lot to do with the laundromats. Yeah. Is Hawaii still, you know, on the roadmap? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that what's, what's so funny, like I, I genuinely like, despite our initial experiences, like I really believe like laundromats can be a great way to, you know, depending on whatever your goals are, right. To leave your nine to five, all the things we've talked about already. Yeah. I think they can be a great way to do that. But I also think that, uh, you know, they can, they can help you get the things in life that you really want. And so, and that's, that's part of what it is. Right. And I don't, I do, I, I do think that there's a lot of really unique, great aspects about a laundromat business, but also it's just a vehicle, right? It's okay. just a vehicle, um, to either help you attain your, your financial goals and, or to help you, uh, attain your, humanitarian goals, right? Like you can do a lot of good with laundromats in the community. Absolutely. Right. And it's, it's just one vehicle to do that. So all that to say, uh, yeah, I think laundromats probably will help us get to Hawaii at some point. Uh, I mean, we talked about doing it this year, uh, and we ended up not doing it maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see. Our kids are in unique phases right now. Our son, next year we'll be starting junior high and we're like, that's not a oh, bad okay. time to yeah. go to Hawaii. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in that transition phase. And so, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. What yeah, happens. But that's why I asked you that is because, um, you, you kind of switched the timeline, but that doesn't mean the goal has to change. Right. right. So you, you were talking about going to Hawaii, but you started the laundromats. Um, and that business, you know, took a little while to get off the ground, but now that it's going well, 
I was just wondering if that goal can come back into play. And now you even have a passive income that can help you, you know, fuel that dream. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, either, either we'll move over there for a little bit and see what it's like, or, you know, we've got, she's a teacher, right? So we can spend an entire summer over there or whatever. I mean, we'll do something for sure. Great. Yeah. Try it out. Um, well, I got something that I love to do on every episode. The name of the show is success leaves clues podcast. So I like to point out a couple of clues that I picked up during our conversation. And I'm quite sure the audience, you know, pick up their own things and, and probably even more than I, I caught myself. Um, but one thing, um, that I caught early on in the conversation is that, uh, your relationship with your wife. And sometimes you need a partner or somebody that can, you know, see the outlook of something that you can't necessarily see or they see it in a different way. So you had one particular goal in mind and she said, you know what, we're going to start this business. And regardless of um, how difficult it was in the beginning, it's been, you know, outstanding for you. It's it's changed the trajectory of your life and it's continuing to grow. So it's great to have somebody like that on your side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's. That's one thing, like we have a lot of, uh, you know, frustrations because we think very differently. Right. And we yeah. have very different kind of mindsets even. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that does lead to some frustration, but it also is like, Hey, she's looking at things that I'm not even, I don't even on my radar and I'm looking at things that aren't even on her radar. And so as long as we can communicate well, uh, you know, I think that's almost as, as kind of a superpower, right. Yeah. To, to think differently. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Another thing I noticed is, um, you know, probably your faith, right? So you, you have a, uh, relationship with the Lord as, as a pastor and that's one aspect, but entrepreneurship requires a lot of faith, right? There's a lot of things you can't see where it's going to go, how the outcome's going to be. And I think that is also another edge that you have is to be able to say, look, I know how to, you know, not rely on what I can see in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that has played a, a really, I mean, obviously it's been a, a integral role in my life, you know, yeah. being a pastor for 15 years and, and all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do see how that, um, you know, I, I think one, uh, one aspect of the faith is that, you know, and especially being in pastoral ministry is you get a little uh, perspective, right. And it's okay. like, Yes, things are bad in our business right now, uh, but, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we're okay. Like everybody's yeah. good. And, you know, the, the same same person's in charge, uh, you know, who's in charge before and he'll be in charge after too. So, you know, it does, it does give us a little perspective that helps, uh, you know, help us, helps us take that leap and, and go buy a second one despite our experience with our first one. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I want to tell everybody, tune in to your podcast. I want them to check you out on um, you know, all your platforms, follow your blog, especially if they're looking at starting or already in a laundromat industry. Um, I don't think there's anybody else uh, better that they can follow, uh, providing them that kind of information. That's why Jordan Berry is the king of laundromats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate that very much. And I appreciate what you're doing too. I think it's huge to have uh, just a platform where 
people can come to and congregate to, to try to help them figure out how to reach their goals. Right. That's the whole point behind what you're doing is, you know, uh, finding those breadcrumbs that lead people to the success, whatever success looks like for them. Right. And like you said, that success leaves clues. It leads those breadcrumbs, um, that if we follow them, you know, we can find our own success. So I appreciate that very much. All right. Thanks a lot. I want to remind everybody out there, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Be sure to follow Dr. K on Instagram at Dr. K Washington or the podcast page at Success Leaves Clues podcast. We'll see you here next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.